If you could change any choices you have ever made, would you? You can always make another choice and change the course of your success. Everyone has the potency to make inspired choices. Get ready to listen, share, and experience the creativity that is you. Now, here is the host of Inspired Choices Radio Show, holographist coach, Christine McIver. Well, hello, everyone. Yes, I am Christine McIver, and I'm thrilled that you are here with me tonight. It's another Wednesday night here in the house, and we have got another fabulous show for you. We started off our month of July, so if you're listening in the replays, it's July the 8th, 2020, and we started off our July with how to begin again, your life, your business, and your journey. That was last week's show. I really enjoyed that because I kind of feel like that's where we're at, and that show led into tonight's show where I have my wonderful guest and very dear friend, Petrina Fava who's a registered nurse and a professor of nursing, and we're talking tonight about new normal or a different reality. Welcome to the show, Petrina. Hello. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. So Petrina was with us uh, about a month ago, and we talked about pandemic truth and lies. And it was very obvious to both of us that this was a conversation that was going to continue to evolve and could go in so many, many directions. So when we looked at it this month, we were like, hmm, new normal (laughs) or a total different reality. So Petrina, tell everybody about you. I'm not going to sit and read your bio again. Tell them what you would like them to know about you. About me? Um, Well, there's lots of things about me, but I guess I, I can start by letting people know that, like you mentioned, I am a registered nurse. I've been working as an RN for 23 years. In Toronto, I work in pediatrics. Um, I also teach in uh, the nursing program at one of our colleges here in Toronto as well. Uh, I do some energy work. Um, you know, I'm interested in, in energy type things as well as healthcare. So I think I bring an interesting perspective um, mm-hmm. to the table when it comes to these conversations. And yeah, I'm a mom. I, I have three kids, and I just, you know choose things as they come up and I do a whole bunch of things and I I do them for a little while and then I move on to the next thing and I move on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Kind of what I do. Well, kind of, yeah. Well, the other thing that you are is you're a very aware person. You're you're extremely upfront. You are not from an upfront like as an aggressive, but you don't hold back when something pops for you. And I, I'm kind of watching you on uh, social media. Your your voice is getting stronger and stronger, and I absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like through this time during the pandemic, I have really desired to make sure that people have information. And what I've been noticing is that there's a lot of reaction happening, and reaction is not the same as responding, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I'm kind of observing. Uh, where people are getting their information, uh, you know, is it is it information or is it drama, and is it is it false, a false information? Is it correct information? Is it awareness? Is it anger? Is it is it reaction? Right. So I'm kind of watching mm-hmm. the world on television and on social media as well, and trying to 
and kind of deciphering even for myself, like what's happening? You know, are people reacting or are they responding? Do people actually have correct information? I think, mm-hmm. I think, um, I think being a nurse during this pandemic and watching the news has been really interesting because it's a topic uh, for which I have, you know, insider information, right? I'm a healthcare worker, so I know things. So when the media reports something, I I have this this filter of I can tell what you know. No, I mean I don't always know, but I do have knowledge, and so I can really see when the media reports something inaccurately, or twists it, or puts a dramatic spin on it, or isn't interpreting information correctly. Um, and mm-hmm. I, and that's been interesting. That's been interesting for me. No kidding. So yeah. when we were talking yeah. with, yeah, that's like a major, major understatement. So we've been in the pandemic, um, really been locked into it here in Canada since about the middle, the first of March, the middle of March, right? So we're, we're four months in. When did you find it started to, uh, impacting you at work in the, in the hospital, Patria? Uh, well, pretty much by the end of March, we started having heightened, um, you know, heightened precautions, and we started changing our policies around visiting uh, and use of PPE and that kind of thing. So I would say by the, I think it was by the end of March, it's it started. It started to okay. change things. Yeah. Okay. So you you started to see that. Okay. Cool. And then, um, what about what have you have you seen? huge changes since the beginning um, in the way that your the hospitals are operating? Oh, definitely. Um, so I, I work at Sick Kids in Toronto and we, so we, like I said, we, we, our, our, our visiting policy was the first thing to change, right? And so unlike other hospitals, we are actually allowing one parent to stay with the child, whereas many other hospitals in Toronto have not allowed any outside visitors at all. So we're not allowing any visitors except for one parent per child. That actually just started changing this past week. Um, our so what was it before? What, before this week? One it, one parent yeah. per patient. Yeah, one parent per patient at the beginning of the pandemic. And just this past week, we started yeah. to make some changes where um, patients who are admitted to the hospital, like on a unit, staying overnight, can have two parents uh, be with them. But our clinics and outpatients are still limited to one. So that's been really the biggest change um, and kind of the biggest stressor, right? Parents are very stressed. They want to be with their child while they're in hospital, of course. Sure, uh, and then of lots of changes around the use of PPE, personal protective equipment. Uh, the province, the province has uh, asked hospitals to ration their their masks, uh, which for me was one of the biggest uh, difficulties. One of the biggest things I had difficulty kind of adjusting to was something that I've never done in it. And um, in all of my 23 year career, is is use one mask between patients for my whole 12-hour shift. We didn't even do that during SARS. So this was really different and really challenged um, what I had previously learned about the proper use of personal protective equipment. So that was a big, that's been a big uh, change, something very different. So, Petrina, for all of us um, non-medical people, how much training is involved um, with medical staff, nurses, doctors, um, attendants around PPE? Like, 
is it a one day course? Is it like, you know, a week? Is it, is it a continuously refreshing course? Oh, you know, like, you know, like that's safe. a great question. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Actually, there's a lot of training, which has been pro- probably a lot of my frustration when I see what's happening in the general public. And I have to kind of check myself too. Again, I have to question even myself and, and be aware of my own reaction. So, you know, I, I do teach in the nursing program and just when this started, the end of March, I was in the middle of a semester, and I happened to be teaching PSWs this semester. And the emphasis on PPE starts literally in week one of the 15-week semester. So we start teaching proper use of PPE right from week one. And then, um, in particular, I was teaching a lab course this semester, right? So very hands-on, come into the lab, let me see you put your PPE on. So PPE has to go on in a particular order, right? The gown goes on first. It's like, you know, you don't just stick it on in any order. There's a reason why we put it on a particular order to avoid cross-contamination. And then even more important is the way we take off our PPE. So you don't just, you know, take your gloves off, take your gown off, take your mask off, which whichever haphazard way you want. It needs to be taken off in a particular order to avoid cross-contamination because now mm. you've been in a patient's room who's potentially got a virus. And if you take it off the wrong way, if you don't take off your gloves and you go to take off your mask, you've just brought the virus to your face, right? So there is mm. training is throughout the program. Right. So, you know, most registered nurses take a four year degree program. The use of PPE is reinforced throughout the four years when they go to have their clinical practice. You know, it's it's continuous. And then it doesn't end there. Right. When you go to work, many hospitals have workshops to make sure that you keep up and that you remember, you know, you need to take it off in this particular way. Don't forget, you know, we have reminders, things are posted. So, you know, it is, there is a lot of training around it. It's not just a haphazard, put it on and take it off, right? There's a, there's a lot of knowledge and rationale behind how we do it and in what order we do it to avoid cross-contamination and spread of disease. So there's, there's intelligence with uh, how, how you use it, how you put it on, how you take it off, and, and in how, how you use it when you change it. Absolutely. So, so this, I mean, I can imagine that a lot of people that have been trained and take their their profession very seriously, that this idea of rationing these items mm-hmm. is it goes against the grain of everything that you believe in. Yeah, it does. And and again, like I said, I've had to kind of check myself and and. And, and ask some questions, you know, is this different? You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, so am I reacting? Am I just reacting negatively? Or I, do I need to just move forward with the information that's being provided to me? So it's been, you know, it hasn't been easy for me. And it's, like I said in the previous time I was on, I know that I'm aware of some type of, uh, you know, misinformation, lies, omissions, I had a really hard uh-huh. time in the beginning, and I still do, really uh, really being okay with the fact that in our world, our technology in the year 2020, we cannot produce enough PPE for all the hospitals in the world. I just I can't wrap my head around that at all. So, yeah, it has been difficult. You know, the idea of wearing one mask between patients, that's what it is. If you need huh. to change your, you, you change your PPE between patients, there's absolutely no point in putting on PPE and wearing it all day. I might as well just wear my clothes, 
the idea is that you change it between patients so that you don't spread. If you're not changing it, you're just carrying it with you. So that is, has been challenging, yeah. Wow. Wow. So, okay, so we're talking about the new normal. With with everything, just with this piece alone about the PPEs, and I'm sure that there's many other things you can speak to about from the medical pers- perspective, and I don't want to just speak on that tonight. You know, I'd like to look at other areas as well, but just from the medical perspective, you must be feeling or let me not project that on you, are you feeling very uh, uncertain what the future and the new normal may be? Yeah, I think I already know that there are um, going to be some changes. So we're already talking in our in our healthcare community about actually changing PPE guidelines, which is not necessarily such a bad thing, right? This is this is what healthcare is. This is what nursing is. Nursing is constantly questioning. We're always looking at what we're doing, and we're always examining: is this truly best practice? Do we really have the correct information? Uh, is this really the best way to do it? Can we do some research to determine if there's something better? So I think, I think you know, change is great. Change is necessary. You know, science is about changing and looking, always looking for something else and looking for something better. So I think if we are changing our PPE guidelines, it's not, it's not a bad thing. Um, but, but what I'm seeing is that, that the idea is that, you know, we don't know enough about this virus. And so we're just going to enhance our PPE even more. So we're going to just look at changing how we view for example, contact transmission and what's needed, what kind of uh, PPE is needed. So previously we would only wear PPE, we would, I would only wear PPE for a patient who has a confirmed infection, right, pre-pandemic. If a patient ha- is, has the flu, for example, if I was taking care of a patient who was positive for influenza, I would wear my PPE in that patient's room. And then I would take it off and I wouldn't wear it again, unless I had to go to another patient's room, in which case I would put on new PPE, right? If my patient had tuberculosis, for example, I would have to wear PPE in that room. But that's not what we've been doing during the pandemic. During the pandemic, we've been wearing PPE for every single patient, right? We're treating everyone as if was assumed to be positive because it was a pandemic and, you know, we had to just take mm-hmm. that precaution. So things are changing and, and I think it's okay that they're changing. I just, you know, I think we need to have correct information, the most accurate information we can have, and and make those choices accordingly. Make those decisions right. Well, I mean, I lo- I like what you're saying. I mean, science is about continuously looking at it and changing with what's what's actually occurring. I mean, it's obvious that viruses and health issues continue to to change and evolve and. Sometimes, you know, we get more information about them and we're able to reduce um, the severity of them. And sometimes things start to come up forward, like COVID-19, where it's it's worse than it's, it's been in previous times with other things. But But as long as we are being transparent, I guess that's a big thing for me, Petrina, especially around the healthcare, uh, the transparency in the communication. Um, that's the, the piece that I want to ensure that we are operating from. And that's the place where there's a lot of question, which is now becoming the new normal of this this arguing and this fighting and, and people coming forward, uh, you know, on social media and so on, 
that they've read some little bit of, of somebody's comments and then they are, they're taking it and going in some crazy direction and it's just like, it's too much. And, you know, we're going to go for a break in a minute, but the, the, it, I also find myself, you know, saying to myself, don't disengage. We need to stay present here. We all need to continue to talk about this and we need to challenge what we believe or what we know that is not true and continue to challenge the scientists and the and the politicians yes. as okay. well. Yeah, you know, of and it's a challenge and question, absolutely. But we have to be aware that reaction is not questioning and it's not challenging. It's just reacting, and you're it, you're reacting in a very polar, opposite way, right? You have we have to question, we have to ask ourselves: Am I just opposing for the sake of being oppositional, or am I actually mm-hmm. being questioned? Am I questioning? Am I wondering? Am I challenging, or am I just fighting? Right? There's mm-hmm. a difference. There's a big, big, big difference. Wow. Okay. Well, we, we're up for our first commercial of the night and, um, I definitely want to take it. When we come back. I want to keep diving deep into the, what was really coming up, uh, around the new normal in a different reality and what that's actually going to look like for all aspects of our lives, not exclusively just for the healthcare aspects. So you are listening to Inspired Choices with myself, Christine McIver and Petrina Fava and we will be back right after this break. Many of us make choices in our lives based on our past experiences or what others believe. What would our lives be like if we made our choices based on what we desire for our futures? When you join Inspired Choices Radio Show with holographist coach Christine McIver, you'll be provoked to look at what is true and what you know but may not choose that requires your attention. Christine does not hold back and brings all her expertise during each and every show. Are you ready to create the life and the living you truly desire? Listen for Inspired Choices Radio Show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Inspired Choices Radio Show with holographist coach Christine McIver. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815 880 8255. Canada, 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to christine at inspiredchoices.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. We definitely are having an interesting conversation. I'm sure we're going to go into some other 
areas here tonight with Katrina Fava. We're talking about a new normal or a different reality. So, Katrina, when you think about the world that we are in today and you, you look forward into the future, what what what's coming up for you? What are some of the things that are maybe poking you or some of the things that are challenging you or inspiring you, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, I think actually I'm excited, you know, especially if I don't go down the rabbit hole that the the media is trying to get us to go down. I think really, to be honest, especially at the beginning of all of this, I was actually kind of excited. Um, And I don't know, (laughs) that sounds horrible, but I mean, things are changing and thank God they're changing, right? And how many of us have been asking for change? We've been asking for Mm -hmm. change for a long time. We've been asking for a new reality for a long time. And, you know, is it here? And are we welcoming it? Or are we saying, well, I wanted a new reality, but not this way, right? So for our barriers and receive what's happening and trust that this is showing up, right? Something that we've been asking is showing up. And maybe it's showing up in a way we didn't expect. But, I mean, really, what what else is possible? And do we really want to go back to normal? I don't, right? I mean, why do we want to go back to that, you know, um, in so many different ways? Like, in the beginning, when we were in complete lockdown and everyone was being asked to stay at home, I I mean, I kind of liked it, <laughs> you know, and I... And I and 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 I acknowledge that I am very blessed and I have a great family and I have a home and actually I was able to go to work thank god somebody said to me on the street oh I feel so bad for you cuz you have to work and you're a nurse and I was like don't feel bad for me thank god I get out of the house right you know like thank god I have a mm-hmm. job thank god I have a job to go to and I'm getting paid first of all and also thank god I get to get away from my children a couple times a week <laughs> right but I mean yeah. the most so I mean, and and I get that there are people who don't have that luxury and that are at home in abusive relationships, and and that that that's not it wasn't great for them to be you know locked inside. Um, but I enjoyed the space of having no obligation, right? I didn't feel obligated to do things that I obviously didn't really want to do. Um, I I when I would drive to work and I would go out on the road. The space and the peace and the beauty of the oh, earth, yeah. of the earth was so like it would give me goosebumps every time I would go out and drive. the The sky was so obviously much more clear. the The moon was obviously so much more beautiful. The skyline, like Toronto skyline, was just so crisp. I felt like you know when we go up north to to you know away from the city mm-hmm. and and you can really see the stars. And I felt like I had that right here in my city. So I knew that the earth was breathing a sigh of relief in those first few weeks when we were all locked inside. I knew that nature was happier. Um, I liked that space that we were in. And I thought, I'm going to kind of be sad when we have to return to normal. And, you know, when the when when I started going back on the road and the trucks and the pollution and the it was kind of like, ew, I don't. I don't really like this, right? And it's yeah. interesting to me. I, I was like, maybe I don't want to choose this for much longer. Maybe I do want to move out of the city. So, you know, I had some awareness too. But, but I mean, I just there is a level, there's a degree of excitement there for me, um, coupled with anger and frustration because the lies are coming to the surface in a big way. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. a little bit of both for me. But, but when I look to the future, if we continue to, if we don't 
try to go back to normal, this could be a really great thing. We could really be moving towards something much greater if we can allow it and if we've been willing to receive it, right? Yes. Well, I think one of the the things that we all need to kind of check ourselves on is that things are always changing, FYI. And what's what's normal to people who were born in the, the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and have been creating their life, you know, that was different than the people that were born in the 50s or the 40s and the 50s and the 60s, right? So it's it's like there is always new realities being created. We're, we are beings that are continuously evolving and changing. I think one of the, the great things about the pandemic is, is that it put a demand on all of us simultaneously to look at what we are actually choosing. And, you know, so it's a collective. It feels to me more like we're not going to have people left behind, as it were, with with all of this. And and we're going to have a new world where where each and every one of us has the opportunity to look at the contribution that they are making in their families so much more today. And then in their communities, I mean, it really brought us and it is bringing us into being more focused glo- or locally. And, you know, while we need to, to understand the impact globally, it's really pulling us in to look at what we're doing in our cities, in our countries, in in the people that we live with. And I know for sure that it's, it's you know, the, the domestic violence has been through the roof. Since the pandemic happened, um, there's definitely a lot of mental health issues that have been going on, and all of that is not necessarily wrong, because as things come to the surface, you know, as they rear their ugly head, then the demand gets made for the change. Yeah, and 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 it brings back us back to the point you made earlier about not disengaging. So as these things rear their ugly heads, now that we can't unsee them, right, or we can't mm. pretend that we're not seeing them because they're so much in our face, now we can change mm. it, right? Thank goodness. And I think previously, um, I guess I'll speak for myself. You know, I, I I was working a lot. I was working at the hospital. I was teaching, and I was in the middle of finishing my degree, my master's degree. So I was like in school working. You know, I was co- I was constantly um, being attached to something that I had to do, and then this, you know, this came about, and it, it, it I had to come to a grinding halt. And and as much as I like to create and have lots of things on the go, it showed me something, right? It showed me is this really what you with what you would choose? Um, but but if if these things don't rear their heads, how can we change them? And I think mm-hmm. your point about disengaging is part of that, like. There have been many times when I have wanted to just turn off the news, and I have, but I mean, I have wanted to disengage. Like, this is just so uncomfortable, or there's just so much heaviness in the world that I haven't really wanted to deal with it. But I think if we all do that, then we cannot impact change the same way. You need to look at something ugly, right? Or even if Mm -hmm. we're calling it ugly, I mean, even if you don't judge it and call it ugly, you just... If you look at something uncomfortable, you look at something that looks ugly, right? It appears to be ugly. At least you can 
you can challenge it, you can question it, you can change it if you would like to change it. But if you cover it up or you close your eyes, then how will it change? Right? So I think that mm-hmm. that's, that's a, such an important point. It's easy to disengage, but we need to, you need to be in the question about, you know, is it time to shut the news off or is it a contribution that this is angering me? Do you know what I mean? Like, is it, mm-hmm. is it a contribution to be watching and really becoming informed about what's happening? You know, I mean, you know, you know how verbal I have been about this, the things that are happening in Ontario in our long-term care system, right? And this has been going on for decades, not even years, decades. Right. And, and people have been unaware, right? And it's just, we're closing our eyes, closing our eyes, closing our eyes. Um, but now COVID has made it so that we can't close our eyes. It's screaming like these things are just so much in our face so if we continue to look at them and we continue to receive the contribution that this this thing that we are deeming as ugly is then we can create something greater but if we just ignore it and we keep shoving it under the rug then how can we really change it exactly and how can we create the world i mean the people in your world the people in my world the people that listen to these shows on the network you know, we're asking to create a world greater than the world that we were given. And we we want to make the changes. So what if it's showing up in a package that we, is not that appealing, but it's making it happen faster than we've ever seen anything occur before? You know, it's one little example, like you're talking about when you were driving down the highway and how that you just had so much space and so much peace I was driving on Monday. I actually, Petrina, um, went to my mother's retirement home and had to move her from one room to another. And, uh, you know, I had to drive out of the city. And, and as I was driving out and driving back, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at all the traffic. Like, look at all the traffic. And it really had me question, what are we doing? What are we doing with creating our lives, creating our businesses, creating the economy in a way that forces so many people having to be on the road. And and it may not be a really big thing, but it can affect so much of our lives and, and has us completely pull away from our families, pull away from our health. It, I mean, it has so many long-reaching impacts, and yet it's only one small thing that now is incredibly noticeable. And I really hope that we don't just wash it under the under the carpet. I really do hope that when people go, wow, this is so different, like we're going back to the old way, and let's go back to quote-unquote normal, but why? There's a lot of things that we're we accept it as normal. That sucked. And yep. it's just, it, we have such a brilliant opportunity right now to have strong, engaging conversations and, and really put forth new possibilities that will, will create more ease and joy and pleasure in our lives in our families' lives, in our children's lives, in the world around us, that I think, you know, when people keep going, oh, I, want, I just want things to go back to normal, I, I really want to challenge them. I really want to challenge them that the new normal 
could be something greater than we've ever imagined. Um, yeah. I know, I, I know it's, we're coming up to a break, it looks like, but I, uh, um, <laughs> I looked up the word normal in the etymology dictionary and I have some findings. I know. Awesome. <laughs> okay, hold it. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Oh, there's the Petrina we know and love. She's always had the etymology. If you don't know, Petrina has a fabulous show that she did here on the network called Messy Adventures in Living and it I loved, loved, loved all your creations. And, you know, we might tantalize Petrina to come back because she's just so brilliant. But, <laughs> yes, you definitely are a word nerd, and we love that. <laughs> all right, we're going to go for our second break of the night. My friends, you're listening to Inspired Choices with Petrina Fava and myself, Christine McIver, here on the Inspired Choices Network. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Many of us make choices in our lives based on our past experiences or what others believe. What would our lives be like if we made our choices based on what we desire for our futures? When you join Inspired Choices Radio Show with holographist coach Christine McIver, you'll be provoked to look at what is true and what you know but may not choose that requires your attention. Christine does not hold back and brings all her expertise during each and every show. Are you ready to create the life and the living you truly desire? Listen for Inspired Choices Radio Show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you ready to have pleasure with your business? Yes, I said pleasure with your business. The pleasure of business a la carte will surprise you with topics like meet yourself in the boardroom, money, services, and you. Expand your visibility. The pleasure of communication. The pleasure of Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Christine McIver has so much pleasure with business and loves teaching all things business. Beginning a new business? Desiring to expand a current business? or looking to resurrect a business that has been dormant. This program will get you fired up and bring more pleasure than you have ever imagined. Exhausted with your excuses for not creating a phenomenal business? Join now for all the pleasure with business. Pleasure of Business a la carte gives you total choice for what you desire and what your business requires. That's 24 weeks of different topics to choose from with weekly calls, audio and video recordings, and PDFs. This class will have you dive right in and use tools to create the business that has been speaking to you. Go to inspiredchoices.ca for full details or join the Facebook page, Pleasure O Business a la carte. Now is the time for you and your business. This is Inspired Choices Radio Show with holographist coach Christine McIver. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to christine at inspiredchoices.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining us tonight. We've got Petrina Fava in the house. We are talking about 
new normal or a different reality? Okay, so before we jump back into the conversation and get on the nerd word, nerd word, nerd alert. Wow, I can't even say that. Petrina, um, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Um, I have a website. It's PetrinaFava.com. Um, they can reach me through there. Okay, perfect. All right, and if anyone wants to get in touch with me, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I would love to hear from you. You can email me, Christine, at inspiredchoices.ca. I have some business specials that I've got up. If you're looking to start, expand, grow, uh, really move your business forward, I'd love to talk to you about that. And if you're somebody who's looking to put their voice in the world and you're thinking about having your own live show or a podcast, you definitely want to give me a call or you can do so. Send me an email again at Christine at inspiredchoices.ca or check out the Inspired Choices Network for more information. Okay, so before we went to the show, Petrina says she looked up the word normal because Petrina was always known as our word nerd on the network. So Petrina, bring it home. Tell us what it's all about. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, words have energy, right? And, and you know, it, have you ever heard a word or you heard some words and for some reason they niggle at you and you're like, ew, don't call me that. I don't like that word or whatever. So, yes, I always, etymology is the study of the origin of words. I always find it really fascinating when I when I come across a word that bothers me or annoys me and I'm aware of some lie about that word. And sometimes it's fascinating when I go to the origin of that word. So, of course, I did that for normal because I tend to not like that word. <laughs> It's going to sound really snobby, but when I was a kid, somebody called me normal in school, and I was like, yeah, don't call me normal. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so snobby, awesome. but I was actually really like, ew, don't, please don't call me that. I'm so not normal. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, and that's been, and actually that's been one of the amazing gifts that I've really received over the last few years is just being very happy to be weird and very happy to not be normal because normal to me is quite boring. and. Anyway, okay, normal, if you look it up on etymology in an old dictionary, from the 1500s, um, the definition of normal was, you know, typical, common, um, but interestingly, in the 1600s, it had its roots in geometry, so the definition for normal in a geometrical sense was standing at a right angle or being perpendicular which I find very interesting, right? A right angle, standing at a right mm-hmm. angle. And then um, also the definition goes on to say that it means in conformity with rule, uh, which is interesting, right? So to wow. be means that you are in conformity with rule. May, and, and again, geometrically, something that's normal is made according to a carpenter's square. So a pattern, right? Or like even like a sewing pattern. So normal is 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 um you know the the standard of judgment of something, right? Conforming to common standards or established order or usage, regular, usual. Um, so and then it goes on to say that actually there was um in Fre- in French like in France normal in the 1800s meant uh, training a normal school was a training college for teachers. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting yes. that they would call a college for so, teachers the normal school? Right. Okay. Well, when Amazing. my mother was going, when my mother was going to school, okay, there was a school in Stratford that was called normal. 
that you, yes, that that was the school that you went to. And I never clicked. I never even questioned it. Yeah. Yeah. Right here. And the definition I'm looking at actually says it's a translation of French is Ecole Normale, right? Like the normal school. Oh, my God. That's just fascinating to me that we would actually (laughs) school the school of normal. Right. And so, like, how much change is in normalcy? Nothing, right? It's a stand. It's a standard. It's a pattern of rightness. Um, I went on to to look up the the etymology of the word standard because standard is coming up so much when we talk about normal. And equally fascinating, right? Standard um, originally meant upright, um, bred up standard to agree. Upright. It, yeah, it meant upright in the in the 1500s, um, and there was a term called um, standard bred which meant bred to an agreed-upon standard of excellence. Um, And then if you continue to look at the word standard, there's a lot of talk about weight and measure, an instrument of measurement. Um, And then, of course, comes the word judgment. So rule, principle, or means of judgment, a definite level of attainment. So lots of rightness, lots of judgment, right, and no question and no change so how much change is there in normal right and and if we are operating if we are operating under a standard and we are being the good little boys and girls and following the normal how much are we actually in the space of continuing to perpetrate what is actually not working for the whole of our society. Right, because it's just more of the same. It's more of the pattern, the carpenter square, right? Like, let's get back to the pattern. Let's get back to the carpenter square. So what if, can we throw out the carpenter square <laughs> and create something different? Well, let's not throw it out for the carpenters. They need to continue to use it. But we definitely need to be in the space of, I was married to a carpenter, they need it. Um, We definitely definitely need, for our evolution, we need to be questioning and we need to be in question, just like science, continuously evolving what was working in the past with our world can no longer work with what is showing up today. And it, we've got to continue to change. I mean, I just think it's fascinating, Petrina. I read this. It was a very funny write-up about all of the things that have happened in 2020, you know, trying to explain it to someone who didn't know anything about it. And, and it, it's, it, it was funny and it was kind of like, wow, we need to wake up. We really need to wake up. It's it's interesting to me all of the things that have occurred, um, and and most especially as the pandemic has has come across different countries, how we don't have a way of operating on planet Earth where we are supporting everyone, and we have a a mode of operating where we are continuously in communication with all countries and and. Communicating, A, so if you get a best practice, let's share it. If if you come up, you get a new body of knowledge, let's share it. And, and for people to want to learn about it, but also at the same time, you know, well, the pandemic happened and then the Black Lives Matter movement really came became heightened. And one of the reasons is because of what's been happening 
to color people of color with the pandemic. But I just think it's fascinating how all of these things are screaming right now. And they're yeah, begging and, for and our attention. The, the whole the Black Lives Matter things, um, all of the protests that are going on about uh, racism of all kinds, uh, I, I heard a couple of people say things like, well, people have so much time on their hands that now they're protesting, right? They're not going to work. And I <laughs> kind of like, yeah, but exactly, right? So how much of a veil has that been? Like how much has our normal lives right get up go to work the daily grind come home blah, blah blah have dinner cook dinner pick up your kids like how much of that normal has actually been a veil right yes. and now that that normal was disrupted and and people can like how much are people actually how much can you see now now that that normal isn't there anymore that veil of normal isn't there anymore that, that's kind of how it felt to me when all of the black lives, lives matter protests were going on and all of this heightened awareness of of you know um just all of the racial discrimination and, uh, and you know everything that's going on with 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 aboriginals and all of this stuff right i feel mm-hmm. like yeah because now we can see because we've we've stopped the crazy normalness we've stopped it stopped it came to a grinding halt and how much of that, I feel like it's literally like a screen that just dropped. You know what I mean? Like a smoke screen yes. that just fell. And all of a sudden we were like, oh, I, and I can see this now. You know, it gets so glaring. It's glaring at me because I can see it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like all these things that are screaming, how long have they actually been screaming? But we've had this veil of normal between us and and the screaming, you know, like even and the earth, how much has the earth been screaming? But we've had this veil of normal. It's normal to get up well, and get on the highway and drive to work. And of course we have pollution. That's the price we pay for our normal lives and blah, blah, blah. But right. And, and of course I wasn't aware of this because I've been so distracted in my busy, 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 busy life. Right. And, and this has given us so many opportunities, like you say, to drop the veil and to start paying attention to things. And, you know, it is uncomfortable. People are very, very uncomfortable. For a lot of people who um, were never exposed to, were never aware, chose to not be aware, this looking at the the racial divide that hap- is happening everywhere in the world, it, it's making people uncomfortable. And when have we decided that being uncomfortable is is not something that's actually a gift. I say bring on more on bring it. Like I'll have say, say that again. I'll have uh, I am saying bring on more discomfort. You know what I mean? Because it's a contribution. Conf- being comfortable is is hardly ever a place in which we create change. Comfort is mm-hmm. is normal, right? Comfort just keeps more of the same. I, I just saw on the news today um, that it's, it's being predicted that we're going to have a whole horrendous um, hurricane season. And I kind of laughed. And I was like, of course we are. <laughs> of, course. <laughs> of course we are. Great. You know, and, and you know, honestly, I, it might sound terrible, but I, I'm going to say it anyways. And it just, you got to bring it. We got to bring it. You got to bring on the uncomfortable um, because, mm-hmm. because, even this degree of discomfort I can see has not been enough. There are changes that needed to happen that are not happening. Do you, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you know, get that sense yeah. too? And I, I can only really reference what's happening here and, and the, um, 
I mean, what's happened in our long-term care system in Ontario, uh, for people who don't know, the, the military went in to take over and there was a horrendous, horrifying report of these long-term care facilities where there were, we were being overrun by cockroaches and, you know, our elderly were being left to, to die and scream in pain and just horrifying, horrifying stuff if you read it. And yet we are still not seeing change. Even so, like, even with this horrific report, if you listen to our politicians, they're still not stepping up to the plate and, and implementing the changes that need to be implemented. So even at this level of discomfort, it ha- it's pushed us forward a little bit, but I feel like it, it may not be pushing us as far as we need to go to really step into a new, a new reality or a new possibility. It's- so, I mean, do we need more discomfort? We absolutely, we do. You know, um, there's a saying my brother always says is we don't grow in the comfortable times. We grow when things are uncomfortable. And, you know, I've seen, I've seen it with different individuals. Uh, one individual in particular, um, lost someone in their, their family. Someone died, not from the pandemic, from, you know, other, <laughs> another thing that with the body, but they died and the other person, you know, previously were, they were really not doing a whole lot in their life. They were kind of just going along to get along. And now they're in a position where they have to do it. The other person's gone. They have to step up. They have to make the changes and they're able to. And I think that's a very good analogy for what's going on in our world. You know, things are changing. We're being forced to change we're being things are being pushed right to the edge where people are no longer going to allow this to go on. They're de- making demands of the change. Now, I would love it if we could make these demands while honoring each other and being respectful, but these demands are going to be going to be made and for always with the intention of getting better and moving yeah. forward. Yeah. A greater a greater a greater, yeah, a greater system. Not even a, a, a not even in really a new normal, right? Like, and that's the whole. No. This, this idea of this this language is irritating to me. New normal. I don't want a new normal. I don't need a new no. right angle. I don't need a new carpenter square. Let's create something completely different. You know yes. what the heck has been going on with our governments, right? Like, well, what if we don't need our governments to be the way they are? What if they they something completely different is available, mm-hmm. right? Like we don't need a new normal government. Maybe we need something completely and utterly different, right? right. Completely different. Clearly we yes. can't rely on our government. I mean, I think if, if anything that this pandemic has, has shown me is that, I, you know, my future is, has to be in my hands. You know, we, we trust too much to our government. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we, we are the population of earth. We, we are the people of earth we outnumber politicians and governments. What can we create that's entirely different that we've never had before? Right. I agree with you. And I think, I think for all the listeners, I want to invite them in to continue to, to dig into the question of, is this really working? And, and come, let's have these courageous conversations. Let's continue to unpack what's not working in our world, and please, can we do it from the space of honor and dignity for the other person 
we're having the conversation with. I was watching our Prime Minister today, Petrina, for about two minutes. It was funny because I never do this. But it popped up and said that Justin Trudeau uh, was going on live. And I turned it on my phone and I was listening to him as I was working. And every once in a while, I would look, glance down and look at the comments. Oh, my Lord. Some of those comments were just horrendous. And, and all I kept thinking was, look, here is a human being that is doing the best that he can do with what he has in front of him. He has been challenging the status quo. I think he's trying to, to move things forward. He is not perfect, no. The system is not perfect, no. But it does not require us to be belligerent and mean and, and condescending and just outright disgusting to each other. That's not going to make the changes positive moving forward, right? Right, and that's a, that is a type of normal, right? That's something that we've learned, that if we react in anger and we get angry and we, we hurt people's feelings and we're rude and we call them names, that it will, it will, it will, it will get us what we want. But, you know, that, are you asking, are you asking a question before you start spewing hate at someone? You know, if I say this, what is it going to create? What, how can I respond that will create change, right? Um, mm-hmm. instead of just reacting in anger and belligerency and being rude. I mean, does that, is that, is that how, is that how we create change? Like maybe it has been until now, but is that going to work going forward? And is there something else? Do we need to step up to something better than that? Something greater than that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the future and yeah. I'm a little apprehensive as well because you just don't know what's going on, which I think that's a normal human reaction. And I'm I'm going to challenge myself and challenge others around me to, like, let's keep diving into this. Let's keep asking the questions. Katrina, yeah. thank you and, so and, much for being yeah. here. It, you, you, It's so wonderful always to have a conversation with you. We adore you here on the network. And you always bring such such amazing insight. And, of course, your word nerd is always, <laughs> always, always welcome. Thank you so much uh, for friend, having me. Thank you're you. so welcome. My friends, next week, please join me where I'm going to be talking about tools to organize your businesses to thrive. Whether you have a business already, you want to start a business, or you want to revive a business, we're going to be talking all about tools. So stay tuned. And remember, you can always make another choice. Thank you for choosing to listen to Inspired Choices Radio Show. Christine McIver will return next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, be willing to choose what you really desire. This is your life. Making the choices that bring you all that you desire.